Welcome to LMK How. I'm Lauren. I work in the PR space and love immersing my life with knowledge from mental health to wellness to beauty, along with all things trendy. I interview people from all different industries while also including solo episodes about the things that interest me. I'm stoked to have you here. Now let's get to the episode. Felicity is the founder and CEO of Potly. Potly makes us more intentional about how we select our most common everyday kitchen ingredients and speaking to the maker in all of us. Potly expands upon Felicity's founders, Asian heritage, and passion for functional ingredients by creating high quality craftsmanship kitchen staples for everyday use. Felicity is born and raised in California and have also committed to sourcing delicious ingredients from her home state. I really wanted to talk about your company today, Potly, and I wanted to um, just hear all about it and see what inspired you to start the company and um, just go from there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, my name is Felicity. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I started Potly in 2017 with my best friend. It was really all by accident. Uh, I had moved moved home. Um, we were both um, uh, undergraduate students at Boston University, and we were actually randomly paired freshman year roommates. Um, she stayed in New York after and I came home to the Bay Area where we actually live 15 minutes away from each other. Our family homes are very close, um, but we were truly random. Like we didn't know each other before, but we had a, a bunch of mutual friends. Um, I moved home, I was working in tech and living at my parents' house and my dad had started beekeeping and this was for my mother because she's an asthma patient. So hyperlocal honey is really great for your allergies. Her allergies is really what's setting off her asthma. And there was no way my conservative Asian immigrant mother was ever going to smoke weed with me. So we put some weed into her honey and we created our first product. Um, but to this day, you know, potly, we make all sorts of ingredients. Um, they're really meant to be ritualized. So honey, olive oil, chili oil, apple cider vinegar, sriracha. We just launched a shrimp chips. Um, and these are all products that um, we call that our heritage line. So it's a really like ode to California, the farm to table movement, but uh, really honoring our Asian heritage. And it's been a lot of fun doing it in the cannabis industry, uh, converting a lot of, you know, first time users, moms, grandmas, who never would have tried cannabis in the first place, but now are using this to um, aid their sleep or help with their stress or help with pain. And um, it's been a really incredible journey. So yeah, I'm really glad to have created this category in cannabis that didn't really exist before. Definitely. Um, I think it's really exciting, everything you guys are doing. And um, I could also say that um, our moms are similar in the way that they're both first-generation immigrants. Um, I saw that your mom um, immigrated from Taiwan. My mom immigrated here from the Philippines, and she also has like a similar um, idea or stigma behind cannabis use. And I think that it's really interesting to hear your story and how your company started, and it was from um, a situation that I also have dealt with personally, um, because as someone who 
is an advocate of cannabis, um, especially for me. It's helped me personally with my anxiety and depression, um, amongst other things. And um, so it's really interesting to see that you are um, really normalizing this, what I think is hopefully a used-to-be stigma um, of like a generational difference. Totally. I mean, and it still exists, right? That's the part of the work that we do. And yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story. It's very, it's very similar to many kids in our, our generation where, you know, our, our parents are immigrants and they have this totally different idea. And even like kids that like have parents that were born here, right? Like, um, there was still a war on drugs. So, uh, cannabis has, you know, even though it was very much part of our culture years and years ago, um, because of the war on drugs, because of the opium wars, um, drugs in general just have um, all been categorized and generalized and looped into one um, area where, you know, if you if you try these things, you're lazy and um, you're, you're like, life is not gonna amount to anything, but that's so not true, right? Um, and I think that's the beauty about the legalization of cannabis is A, like we're opening up more and more people to um, plant-based medicine, um, converting those who are stuck on um, pharmaceuticals, which is so much more harmful, especially at end of life. Like, you know, you're just drinking a, a cocktail of different uh, pills um, and doing something that's plant-based that can actually help them, right? So um, yeah, we're all about kind of thinking about holistically what you are um, intaking and trying to lead a healthier and better life. Um, where you can just feel normal again. That's all we're, we're, we're trying to feel is like, we just want to be our normal selves and our normal selves are our super, super health, super versions of ourselves. So yeah, powering that. Yes. Um, also um, for me, I'm not, I'm also curious to know about your cannabis story um, and kind of how you got introduced to it. I know for myself, it was um, like many people, I would say, um, and it was in college. <laughs> and um, just being in like a culture where there's all different kinds of things, um, there could be that stigma that, um, like you said, it's looked at as like someone who partakes in, in cannabis use um, can be written off as lazy or blah 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 or whatever but for me like you said it helps to just make you feel normal whatever that means like for the individual and um that's definitely what the doors that it opened up in my understanding of how I was going to kind of treat my anxiety day to day kind of thing or maybe if it was like a like an anxious moment. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of curious what your journey was with it too. Totally. So the first time I tried cannabis was with a very close 
group of friends actually it was my ballet group <laughs> and uh we were in middle school and these boys came by our sleepover and was like you want to try some weed and like we tried to like make a piece out of like an apple and also a coke can and i don't know if i i don't think i got high from that but it was definitely like my first experience um i i would say that i was very sheltered uh growing up in california even though you know it's accessible everywhere i was i'm an only child right so i didn't have like older brothers or someone to like tell you what to you know like you know i think it's very much the kids that get to try cannabis from a younger age they had someone showing them the way uh, i was always super involved with extracurriculars i was you know the president of our interact club. I was the area director of our interact club. So um, I really didn't get access in, to it until college, which is funny because we were in Boston, but we were shipping everything from California. And in Boston, I it was more of like a recreational thing, right? Like you, it's not like, to, it's, it wasn't like a thing to fit in, but like, I just enjoyed it. Like I was curious about it and started consuming it. Um, I definitely started consuming it the most my sophomore year summer. And I definitely think that that was like, and I would also mark that as the beginning of where I would say my depression got much worse was like, you know, I was dating someone probably I shouldn't have. And um, however, I had access to tons of weed and I uh, would smoke before I would work in my retail job and at brand new Melville, just so that, you know, I could earn some cash and, and then spend it back all on the clothes. But I think it was really a, a use case for myself to like feel balanced again. And like my biggest, I think, I remember there was once where at this point I had graduated from college and I was working and I just wanted to smoke weed, you know, like it just made me happier. I, um, I felt better when I, when I consumed it. And I remember I had a joint rolled and I was driving and I just had gotten to a massive fight with, um, my ex-boyfriend and, uh, and I just like, and I was, because we were like so angry. I had like I think I like gone into an accident maybe in the car and I, I drove off and then I just remember like parking and like crying and then like looking for my like joint and like and lighting it up and smoking it. And it was just like, I really needed it at that point. I don't know why that like I, I, I thought back to that moment, but that was that like, a moment, for example, where it was just like, that's what I needed. I just needed this um, joint so that I could relax, I can feel safer, I can feel calmer, I can smoke this weed and um, try and plan out my next move. And not that I'm advocating for smoking and driving, but uh, I think it really did get me through a really dark period of, um, of time. And, and that's why, like, you know, it's something that I know um, really changes people's lives. And it's a positive thing. And it doesn't equal uh, you know, someone that is lazy. In fact, there's a lot of high performing stoners that consume cannabis and can, you know, be very active and uh, work really hard. And 
um, be very creative and um, amount to something in their life that isn't just you know, your daily nine to five. Definitely. I mean, for me also, like one of the reasons why I started smoking more than just like socially when I was in college was because at one point I was unable to get insurance. So I was on um, Zoloft at the time, which now I'm on and it's helped me also um, amongst other tools adding in the cannabis also, journaling, meditating, all that kind of stuff. Um, But um, it was really interesting because I used the cannabis as my my anti-anxiety, my anti-depression medicine. Um, And I don't know, it's just kind of interesting – I think when someone says that you can't be a protective stoner, for example, because I'm like, I graduated college and I smoked the whole time. So I'm just like, you know, you know, and like, um, I feel like for me, it also opened up so many creative channels in my mind and whether they were there like deep down already. Happy 420, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. It's it's so it's a healing. I mean, and I really truly believe why I I've, I really believe that the cannabis industry itself is a very special place because it's a collection of people that are healers. It's a collection that, of people that have been through traumatic situations, and cannabis has helped them through that. And you know if that's the common denominator of all the people that are in it, it makes the whole space a really beautiful collective space to be in. And yeah, there's all sorts of bullshit. You know, there's a lot of political drama. There's a lot of uh, difficult uh, regulations and, uh, you know, people are literally regulating this industry that was, you know, underground for so long for the first time. And it's very difficult, but I really think that it's special because it, allows people like you and I to work together and it's really beautiful yes definitely and I remember even also um something in the cannabis industry that I enjoyed it was before the pandemic but it was Miss Grass they had like like a virtual event and there was different speakers and I remember Chelsea Handler being like a keynote speaker and it was really cool because um one, she's kind of, she's definitely one of the people who has been helping to normalize um, the stigma around cannabis. <laughs> and also something that she mentioned was that um, it's really kind of, part of it is understanding yourself, understanding your body, and understanding the effects of how much you're dosing yourself. And she was saying, for example, that um, when she has insomnia in the middle of the night, she'll, instead of maybe like smoking a whole bowl, she'll like eat a five milligram um, chocolate covered blueberry type of thing. And um, I really think that if if the person who's smoking is intuitive with the whole experience, um, 
then it's it's gonna like remain positive yeah I mean for sure uh celebrities like Chelsea um there's you know um, incredible people that have started to like really advocate for cannabis and normalize it and um we need more examples of that we need more representation um you know from people that look like you and I uh that are examples of how uh everyday consumer can feel comfortable utilizing and hacking their health with cannabinoids also something that I read off of um your website was about your clients and it really just um spoke to me individually so I wanted to kind of just quote it and it was that our clients are adventurous but laid back ambitious but balanced self-aware but curious firm in their core values but open-minded um and I think that resonates with just everything we're talking about and um you guys being a part of this whole shift of normalizing everyday cannabis use and um I love all the products of how it's it's apple cider vinegar because you can use this in everyday pickling or if you have like a cocktail or for digestive benefits and then um, the olive oil. It's like I love how you said it's like a home, like an homage to California and to farm to table and um, just those ingredients incorporating into your daily life. Yeah. Yeah, our ingredients are so special. Like we care so much about our sourcing. Everything um, that we spoke about um, is harvested in California uh, and the cannabis itself. You know, we work with farms in the Emerald Triangle, which is Humboldt County. And um, yeah, we partner with uh, farmers that grow sun-grown cannabis. Uh, And for the audience members that don't know, a lot of cannabis is grown indoors and there's no like better way, but the natural way is to grow sun grown. And the reason why we don't have, you know, the reason why in California and Northern California uh, is the only area that has sun grown cannabis is because we're the only ones that have the climate for it. It's also where we grow our wine, right? So it has the same terroir and it's perfect for growing cannabis. And everywhere else in the world, like in SoCal and the desert, there's a lot of indoor cannabis grows. Um, the reason why for that is like the, the, it just doesn't work. Like the climate doesn't work for it. And so, you know, growing outdoors is where, is how cannabis is supposed to be grown. But like also in the 80s and the 90s, all the raids that were happening um, before it was totally legalized. Um, you know, it uh, it pushed a lot of these growers to have to grow indoors. And unfortunately, when things are grown indoors, you know, you're taking a lot of energy, um, you're blasting it with lights that is not the natural cycle. It's not the real, it's not using the sun to create, you're using energy and lights to create these, um, these plants and grow these plants and it makes them super, super strong. So um, it's definitely an art form in itself, indoor grow, but uh, we like to use outdoor grow, sun grown um, in all of our cannabis, um, just because, again, it's that farm to table movement. It's really coming from a farm. It was in soil that was planted into the ground. Um, 
And uh, we, we love that. So it, it's a big part of our story, our sourcing story. And also, how do you, um, how do, basically, like, how do you know, like, which, which strains um, or I don't even know, like, the, I want to use the correct language. So how do you know which ones go with the, like, um, experience was the oil that well yeah well like also like well i'm like how do you know what oil is best with this strain you know like what will taste the best i'm kind of like curious about that also totally so kind of how like there's like single origin coffees and or um certain certain grape varietals are really great for certain things but like the bottom of the barrel is like of of like wine is like just like a, a mix of different grapes or um you're you're getting a mix of different um coffee beans all from this area right so we go single strain with all almost all of our ingredients and so we do single strain when you do a single strain and you extract the full panel of the cannabinoids you're getting a bunch of different cannabinoids other than thc and cbd you're getting cbg cbn cbd um and CBDA, like the different cannabinoids that uh, make up this beautiful profile of the plant. This is its natural um, extraction. And we only use a single strain because then it really preserves that experience that was supposed to come from a plant. Versus if you put a bunch of different strains, like you're getting some effects that are coming from here. And maybe it's this one is paired with that one, but you're just getting all of the effects. And quote unquote, sometimes that's that's what people call a full spectrum, but that's not really a full spectrum. We use single strain and we use full spectrum. So it's a double whammy in that we're doing it, make, we're making sure that we're procuring high quality bud and we're extracting the full panel and we're making sure that we're only, you know, extracting it all from a single plant, not a mix of all the plants. So that's really important to us. So that's very much part of the story. Um, and then furthermore, um, how we kind of pair it, uh, that, that taste profile, especially when it's a single strain, um, it really comes out. It's so crazy. Just like cannabis can smell so incredible when you're just extracting all of its flavonoids and all of its terpenes. And these terpenes are in all plants, but in cannabis itself, you can have something that smells super lemony and orangey and something that smells like, like fruit and, um, and perfume. Like it's crazy how the different range of, uh, smells can come from just one plant. And that's why we stick to a single strain because that then can you really extract the true flavors of that plant. And we then really mix it with the ingredients themselves we don't ever hide the smell of the cannabis. People always taste our products and like, they're like, oh, it's so good. You don't have that cannabis taste, but they're referring to that cannabis taste as this like diesely nasty, like maybe plant-based, um, you know, type of experience. But in fact, it's actually this beautiful like marriage of the two uh, in our ingredients. And also with the single strains, um are you guys ever do you ever like indicate if it's like a sativa versus an indica or is it more 
of so okay. we do okay I'm yeah curious about yeah that. so we will based off the batch number we'll tell you like this is a sativa this is an indica like yeah we'll do that yeah um most of them will be hybrids but um some of them will be leaning um and you'll that way you'll be able to find when especially when you were mentioning kind of like Chelsea Handler saying you know how every body is different and you have to really listen to your body certain strains work with certain people and certain don't right and for sure like that's why I like to know I like to learn and know about what's going into these edibles how did you also I mean not how I mean I love shrimp chips on their own so of course that sounds amazing um to combine (laughs) (laughs) but how did that come to like fruition um that process since this is like the first like like snack base instead of like an ingredient that would go with something else totally I mean we just like knew that the next product we wanted to make was something that was ready to eat, ready to serve. And effectively, we, again, we kind of do this a lot where (laughs) things kind of happen by accident and it's a happy accident. And we're like, all right, we're just going to roll with it. And I love our team. You know, we have a team of six incredible women. We have some uh, awesome allies that make things happen for us. Like, um, you know, Asel and Kevin um, from our team. So a lot of different people that really make the Potley world go round. But it was uh, Lunar New Year, so it was February. And I had, it was still COVID. So we just had an internal dinner for the people, the people manufacturing in our plant. And, mm-hmm. um, we wanted to do kind of like a fun viral video, which is still up, but we, we created this little dumpling tower, um, and poured chili over oil over the top. And, you know, it indeed g- did go viral, but usually we make something like whenever we do our dinners, we're making food. And, um, because the dumplings we did, uh, didn't have enough time to make everything from scratch. We did buy from restaurants, supporting local businesses. Um, at that time we, uh, decided to, um, yeah, we decided to, um, make, um, the shrimp chips. Um, we had a lot of oil that we had just finished producing and it was kind of the leftover. And I was like, well, we have all this THC olive oil. Let's make shrimp chips from it. Um, and, and our friend Kevin helped us with making them. And Kevin is someone that doesn't smoke that much weed. He, yeah likes to consume a a nice blend of CBD to THC. He'll eat like one gummy. He's very like, but he ate a bunch of shrimp chips that night. And he like texted me later that night and was like, yo, I am so high. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like I was so worried. I was like, is this a good high or is this a bad high? Are you too high? Like he was like, I feel amazing. And I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) And I just felt so great that like someone that doesn't like to consume too much, we ate, ate a bunch of that and had a good time. And that's when the light bulb was off and he was like, let's do it. Let's make it happen. And we were like, all right. And so we did. Did you hire, do you guys hire like an external, um, graphic designer? I'm so curious about that too. Yeah. So, cause I love the branding and the social media, the aesthetic yeah, and everything is Google amazing. Her, so. Look her up. She's awesome. It's Asel, E-I-S-E-L-L-E dot Thai, T-Y. She's Filipina. She's dope. Her, her stuff is incredible. She does a lot of, uh, 
uh, awesome work on educating people and breaking things down to make it in simple terms, um, political things, things around BLM, things about advocacy. So she is awesome and definitely someone to look at. And I'm just really proud to have collaborated with her on this. Uh, we also created um, our pollinator zine, which is um, a newsletter that we kind of create for every product that we drop and this time we dropped it for the pre-roll and also um, the shrimp chips and it just collects a lot of different voices in the industry um, in the cannabis community specifically in the asian community and we called it Cour courage over comfort over Brene brown's kind of uh, can term to uh, speak up and uh, speak out uh, because you know we have a lot of things to say and in order to push the grain and change something we have to speak up so it's kind of it kind of goes against like you know um i i know that my my parents and especially um the way that i was raised in the asian community were told to like oh like don't try to like stand out on the crowd kind of like kind of um try not to like make everything about yourself, you know, like, don't speak too much or else the teacher doesn't like you. But like, that's a very like, that immigrant generation of like, don't try to stick out, right? Like make trouble. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and courage over comfort is like, don't feel don't make yourself like it's speak out out of that comfort. And that courage is something is, 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 you know, challenging the status quo and challenging people's beliefs that, you know, Asians don't smoke weed. And um, yeah, so we collected, you know, some incredible chefs in there. Um, Brandon Jew from Mr. Jews. We have, you know, some, uh, a grower that has gone out um, into Humboldt where I was mentioning earlier to grow cannabis. And he, you know, shows some beautiful, like images from that we have some you know super high fashion seniors that uh grow are born and raised in north beach in chinatown and and you know are super stylish to this day and you know are asian and it's just like i'm really proud of this community that we've that we have around us and the incredible things that we make and this is a celebration of all of that I agree. I agree. And it's also it's like you said before, it's also so beautiful to see people who look like yourself out there doing these things, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I definitely feel that with like the generational differences between our parents versus our beliefs and our, um, I don't know, just ideas of how we are comfortable living our lives, whether that's um, publicly or privately or both. Um yeah, I mean, so before our interview, I was kind of just looking at your Instagram and the poly Instagram, and I just found like such rad photos of mm -hmm. you. And um, I think my favorite photo was the one of you. You had like colored glasses, and I think you're in Chinatown in San Francisco, and um, someone was lighting a joint for you. Oh, yeah. That was probably. Yeah, and I love mm -hmm. that. What? Tell me. Oh, oh, I was like, that was probably Lizzie, our artistic director. She's like the brains behind that whole shoot, which like we made happen in like two days. But that was like the start of like us using those, um, you know, those like, um, like, I don't know. I don't know what they're called. Dollies. They like, you know, carry groceries and stuff like that. Um, she spray painted each one of them, the colors that we've been really like 
um, imagining, you know, it's the purple and orange and yellow, which I feel like is like a, a theme that you see, but that was all Lizzie and her genius and her uh, creativity. And she's, you know, one of the six badass women that I work with every day. And I'm so proud to call my team and just, yeah, you know, I'm so proud to work with people that are just experts in their own field. And, and when they have a really a vision, they, they make it come to life. And we're just like, yep, tell us what to do and we'll do it. It's just so cool that like in 2021, you can be CEO, take a photo like that, have like a like really cool style and a cool energy and a vibe. And that resonates to your team and to your customers and to everything you guys are doing um, to normalize cannabis. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, like I'm just, I just love, I love what you guys are doing. And I love to hear that, um, you guys have such a great team and even you just shouting out people's names like the, you're the like that's the kind of thing that will keep you successful in the future because you bring up other people with you who maybe have different um, skills or strong suits that maybe you don't have. And with all of you guys together collectively, it's just creates this beautiful company. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Uh, definitely you know, stronger together. I am so proud to work alongside um, incredible badasses. And yeah, we just, we are just putting our uh, best foot forward, definitely against the grain, right? There's no other, you know, most companies, they make pre-rolls, they make gummies and that's what sells. And they, it's like a known product to sell. Like every product we sell is a total gamble. Like it could totally fail. Or it can totally be successful and change many people's lives. So, um, you know, what we do is just one one foot over the other one day at a time. And um, it's been a really incredible journey for sure. Definitely. And emphasizing on the story behind um, the inspiration behind each product and um, how it ties to California and to the culture of cannabis in California compared to other places in the world. And I think it all just is so seamlessly, it just seamlessly comes together that, I don't know, I look at my notes and everything you like you guys have achieved so far and everything. And I'm just like, it's just so exciting. Like, it's so exciting. Like I'm, I can't wait to see what you guys do in a couple months from now in two years from now. Um, I just think it's so exciting like that we're getting to a place where it's normal to talk about cannabis and it's normal to consume cannabis <laughs> without um, feeling judged or anything like that. So it's amazing. Totally. And you're absolutely welcomed and it's awesome. And I love being stony and it's this place of like empathy and vulnerability and uh, showing up and just being your own damn self exactly. and not having to hide from it you know um I, and being able to openly talk about your depression or anxiety or stress like I feel I am a high functioning person but I experience a lot of anxiety and stress because it's it's crazy you know we're in we're just getting out of the pandemic and you know we're operating a business and and it's a startup and you're, you're feeling all of the stresses of the economy not being, you know, the place where we, we, and, and everybody suffers. Right. So 
it is definitely, you know, we need everybody's support. We need, you know, especially um, on, you know, where, you know, in order for us to continue to service you, you know, we need the support from our customers to continue purchasing from us and, and making, you know, allowing us to keep doing what we love. And um, I feel very lucky to be in a position to be able to um, show up to work every day and create something that is um, exciting and fun and solving tomorrow's problems. Yeah, I'm so excited for the future and to just see you guys grow even more and more and super excited to get my hands on the shrimp chips whenever I can. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Um, I had a lot of fun talking to you and I can't wait to see everything grow. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Lauren. It's been an absolute pleasure and so fun talking to you.